0: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, This is a follow-up episode from our financial health that we started previously. So we're going to try to uh, give you a few more insights tied to that and and hope that uh, as you apply it into your business, you'll find that the value that we see uh, from having this as an active part of your business activities daily, well, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly activities. So uh, in the previous episode, we talked a little bit about uh, how we – Assume, or we look at our financial health in in the form of a dashboard. So we're, you know, we use the example of an airplane that I'm I'm looking for altitude and fuel and speed and other things like mm-hmm. that because all those are very critical. And if you start to ignore one, it's going to cause problems and potentially even the death. You know, in that case of someone flying the airplane, but in this case, you know, the death of your business. Right. Right. So, I want to talk a little bit more about what we're looking at when we talk about a dashboard and then why those are important. And then, uh, so that you can kind of see if you have a gap in what you're doing or maybe something you're not doing. So you can start filling those in so that you can have a healthier business. Mm. So, um, and that's,
1: that's exactly where I think we should, you know, lead off with this one, but I do want to just talk about something and I want to, I want to kind of wrap up the episode with this so I'm going to introduce it now but we'll we'll go into a little bit more detail at the end and that is when you start talking about health and I love the airplane dashboard concept you know just because I'm looking at the instruments on my dashboard doesn't mean that I'll never have a problem with my airplane. And so, I don't want people thinking that healthy financials means that you're exempt from you know shifts in the marketplace or from unforeseen things mm-hmm. or just weird stuff that that creeps up. Like that, that stuff will still happen. Uh, the idea of having healthy financials is when that happens, not the if, but when that happens, you're going to be in a much better position to deal with those situations. And so I really want to kind of frame that getting into this, that when we're talking about health, this isn't bulletproof. This isn't making it that you're, you know, completely immune to uh, any issue. Uh, This is making it that you are set up for as much success as possible when these issues
0: pop up. Yeah. Great, great, great point. And I'm glad you added that clarification into it because that's exactly right, that that, you know, and, and everyone who has been through COVID now realizes that there was nothing, uh, that was ever foreseeable about how devastating that that, right. or I shouldn't even say devastating, but just changing how life changing mm-hmm. it was for so many of us at so many levels and different aspects. Yeah. So great, great clarification. So, so, so let's get into it. What so do here's, you got? Here's the, the four gauges that I'm looking at on my dashboard. Mm-hmm. And these are common ones and you'll see that there's uh, ratios that are tied to some of these or, or at least calculations that we can do to help us understand them. And so the first one I want to talk about is liquidity. Okay. And and I'm going to put, actually, let's put two out there, liquidity and solvency, because sometimes those get confused and mm-hmm. how we use them. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, because they sound similar, even though they're very different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to put both of those out there on the start, but I want to jump back now to liquidity. So liquidity is all about cash mm-hmm. and so we're looking at short term uh, short-term vision of our cash and what it's doing for our business. So that's that's um, liquidity. solvency is uh, how well we can deal with our debts mm-hmm. okay so yes there's a component about cash tied to that. But we're looking at it a little bit more in depth because we want to compare our assets or slash equity in their in relationship to to our debt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's more long term than it is short-term. Can I put some quick definitions on long-term and short-term? Yeah, please.
1: So when we say long-term and short-term, as a rule of thumb, we're talking one year. So short-term is within one year. Long-term is longer than a year. So if you're looking at your debts, and let's say that you've got a note payable that's going to be a five-year note, obviously that's going to fall into the long-term category. Um, you know, and then if you are putting stuff on a credit card, uh, that should be falling into should be falling into the short term category. <laughs> if, if if you're already making that mistake, I don't know that this episode's going to help you. <laughs> So anyway, uh, you know, short term, under a year, long term, over a year as kind of a rule of thumb, there are some minor exceptions that would be kind of industry specific, but I think for the majority of our listeners uh, that that's what, that's what we're talking about when we're
0: talking about these, these numbers. So, so on, on those first two, that's what we're looking at is how we, how do we look on a short term? Mm -hmm. Um, Can we fare? you know? Uh, the short term things, but uh, but of course, we also in relationship we need to understand how we do it that long term. Now, I'm not gonna I'm gonna just give you a couple ratios that we look at when we do that, but I'm not gonna go into the details of them. There's an episode out there that goes into all the details right. about that one. Um, so um, for that reason, I'm not gonna go into it today. But
1: yeah, and so if you guys want that, that's gonna be the targeted cash balance episode. Uh, that uh, would be a great one to check out to really get an idea of, of cash flow and how we look at cash flow. So if you want to go in depth there, uh, that would be our targeted cash balance episode. Man, we did that Been a while. It's several months ago. You know this stuff. I just talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. To, to, just search targeted cash balance and pull that one up. <laughs> and Maybe we can add it into the episode notes. Sure. Okay. Uh, so current and quick. Uh, that's sort are the two that we use for uh liquidity. Um like I say you can go and dig a little bit more about those, but those are just helping us understand our cash in the short term. Mm-hmm. Uh solvency, then we're looking at the debt to equity. So we're looking at long-term type stuff um on on those. Uh all right. So the other two gauges on my dashboard that I'm gonna look at are uh profitability and and this one I call operating efficiency. Okay. So um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the operating one first because mm-hmm. I feel it's more important or more in depth. Profitability is pretty straightforward, if you know what I mean. We're just looking at the bottom line, but so I want to. Yeah, can, can I
1: clarify? Uh, I think when you said more important, I mean I love how you said more in depth. Yeah. I, I I don't want to downplay the importance of profitability, but I feel like when uh, of the four dashboards you're looking at every business i've ever worked with is always looking at their profit numbers they might not be looking at them right. as yes. uh, you know uh, as as in depth as, as we would recommend but they're always looking at them but the other three dashboards Correct. They're almost ignoring those, you know. So like the profitability is kind of like that speedometer, and maybe the others would be the tachometer. It's like, are you are you burning out the engine? I don't know. You yeah, know? Is your engine light on? Because yeah. you're blowing yeah. oil. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so so anyway, profitability, definitely important. But I agree with you. Let's dig into that operational efficiency because that gets ignored.
0: It it does. And so the the idea behind that is we're trying to understand how effectively uh we're using uh operating income and other resources as we go through our day-to-day activities mm-hmm. as we do that. Um, and so generally when I say, look, we're, what we're looking at is we're looking at a profit um, of our sales after um, our um, variable cost production. Mm-hmm. Okay. So usually we're looking at a, what, what percentage of a $1 sale Goes to production Mm -hmm. tied to those variable costs. Mm -hmm. Okay. And generally, when a lot of times when we look at that one, if you're doing any type of uh, like break-even, things like that. You'll see those numbers. It's a lot clearer when you're doing those type analysis when you're when you're walking about this. And, and so
1: this is an interesting thing because as soon as you start talking about variable cost production, you're talking about cost of goods and you're getting that gross margin in there. But you also mentioned the break-even analysis. And again, we've done episodes on this. And so if you want to get into how to do a specific break-even analysis, that one's even older than the targeted cash <laughs> balance. That one, that one you got you to gotta dig a little bit, but uh, there's an awesome episode on break even, but I just want to point this out. Don't get hung up on looking at only a gross margin. I've seen a lot of businesses. Yes. So gross margin is a very powerful tool and you need to understand it. If you have any significant cost of goods sold, you need to understand gross margin in depth. And, and, and if that is kind of sounding foreign to you, then that's, That's already a piece of homework to, uh, you know, jot down and be like, okay, why am I not understanding how gross margin is really driving the efficiency here? But if you look at gross margin without understanding break even, you will get confused and you'll start to make mistakes. And so you've got to understand... Is your company gonna drive more off of a break-even analysis or are they gonna drive more off of a gross margin analysis? Mm-hmm. What what's the balance between using those two ratios? Personally, I think you should use both of them, not just look at one or the other. Uh, but you gotta understand them because they're they're similar, but they are both telling you a different story.
0: And and the whole back-lying reason we're looking at this is is how easy is it for us to convert something to cash? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take a raw product uh, and then be able to put it out onto a market to generate sales. Mm -hmm. So that's what, so when you're looking at the backside, that's exactly what we're trying to do. How do we convert something to cash? Whether that's inventory, whether that's raw materials, whether that's our services, how easily are we able to convert that to cash? And then, of course, then... the the margins between them become then significant as we're trying to figure out how to increase those. And
1: as we're talking about operational efficiency, you know, converting it to cash, because you made the comment, you're like, okay, I want to turn around and I want to make a sale. A sale is not cash. And a lot of times people think that sales are cash. And I'm like, no, sales still have to be converted to cash. You know, it's kind of like the difference between dough and bread, like, do you want to eat the dough? Well, You might like, you know, nibble at the dough if you're <laughs> one of those <laughs> people. You know, may, maybe yeah. if you're making cookies. But, but yeah,
0: if it's cookies, <laughs> I'm taking the dough. <laughs>
1: but, but you know, if, if if you're making bread and right. and you leave it in the dough form, that's what sales is. Sales is like the dough form. Cash is the bread form, where it's like, oh, I can actually eat this bread because it's gone through the full process,
0: the wow, full business that's a great process.
1: Analogy. You know, and so don't don't leave it there and think, Oh, we're good to go. You still need to give it time to cook.
0: Yeah. So uh w- one ratio or how we kind of look at that is we'll look at those the operating income before our taxes, mm-hmm. interest as taxes, and we'll divide that by net sales. And generally the higher the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do find that in uh every industry it's a little bit different. And and uh maybe we're gonna talk about this one for just a minute, take a sidestep and chase a squirrel for a minute. But I find that when, when you start looking at stuff like that, um, I tell people if you put it on a scale, so if you look at, because when you start looking at number ranges, you're going to see that, um, some businesses in that industry are, are lower and higher. And so generally I say, look, if you put it on a one to tell a one to 10 scale, with those that are lower performing as a one and those that are higher performing as a 10. And then you put yours number when you crunch yours and you put it in there on a scale of that one to Mm 10 where you're falling, that kind of gives you a better feel for where you're actually at versus trying to actually, well, who, which business do I actually compare to? Yeah. So sometimes if you're having a problem trying to figure out because some industry numbers are not, whether we like it or not, they're not that clean. Some NAICS codes, I mean, are very broad That's really a nightmare when you start looking at things that, you know, hey, wait a minute, I I sell toasters, but the same person who sells toasters who sells typewriters is in the same category. It makes no sense, but that's how they put NAICS codes together.
1: I feel like this is just a plug for all of our previous episodes.
0: <laughs> if you don't
1: know what he means with NAGS codes, jump to our episode on NAGS codes, which was done even uh, before break even. That was one of our early,
0: early episodes. Uh, this
1: but, is funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, that's the, why we're having this episode to tie all of that together, right? Well, well,
1: and, and that's actually what I was just going to hit on is to say, you know, the financials don't change. The, the way that you, you know, review your financials really should be consistent. And so, you know, a lot of this information doesn't change. What we're hoping to provide here is we're hoping to provide some perspective and say, okay, what should you be looking at? Why should you be looking at it? How do you change these numbers if they're not where you want them to be? You know, and that, that's one thing that I want to talk about. So you're getting into the margins here, which I love getting into the margins. Oh my gosh, you're going to learn so much from margins, right? Yeah. right. So... I uh I was talking to a business owner and uh sat down with her and I just said, "Yeah, you know, like I'm looking at the margins and the margins are changing." She just paused for a second. She's like, "What are margins?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, you should learn that if you own a business, you should learn what margins are." Ironically, uh the next day I was talking to a parts manager for a major car dealership, and I start talking about margins, and man, he was just right in step. And, uh, you know, like, they're looking to grow and expand, and I'm like, I'm glad that you have this dialed in. Like, this is second nature to you, because if you're going to grow and expand, you've got to understand what these margins are. But if you look at margins, you got to look at margins in the terms of percentages and understand that percentages are relative to whatever you're comparing them to.
0: They have to be compared to something.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, if I made 10 bucks last year and I made $20 this year and I'm like, I've got a hundred percent increase. Look (laughs) look how well I'm doing, Uh, you know, like great example. (laughs) And, and so, you know, you want to look at the margins, but you also want to look at the absolutes. So, you know, you're looking at both. And and that's, again, kind of going back to this idea of the gross margin versus the break-even number, is to say, don't ever get hung up. So, in the last episode, I I was, you know, hitting on the fact that you should every day be studying finance um, for your business, you know, like not everyone needs to go get a degree in finance. That's not what we're advocating here, but you need to understand what's going on in your business. And so a lot of times people are like, well, what should I be looking at? I'm like, well, do you understand the difference between, you know, absolute dollars and margins? Right. And if that's not second nature to you, study up on that, you know, get comfortable with that. Don't just like when I say comfortable, if you cannot be a guest on this show explaining it. You're not comfortable. <laughs> that's that's my standard that I have just thrown down. Wow. So anyone that wants to be a guest on the show, uh, come, come with us.
0: <laughs> I'm curious to see how many people are going to know... Has no, to be guest. Nope, that would nope, be nope, that might nope. be interesting to see. I'm curious. I bet someone out there emails you to say, "I want to be a guest." So and you better take them up on it. I I actually I get a lot of people that ask
1: about being guests on the show. Um, I, I I've gotten a little pickier. You know some some of the <laughs> listeners. Obviously not. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you get a little desperate at times. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so, so some of the listeners probably have noticed, they're like, you guys haven't had a guest on on your show for a while. And I'm like, yeah, I actually tried to have a guest uh, with with an individual. Didn't go so well. Um, mm. And uh, ne- never ended up doing uh, doing an interview with them. It was it was a lot of back and forth and kind of frustrating. And it made me think about, man, I'm on a total tangent here. This has nothing to do with finance. But <laughs> uh, it made me think a little bit about, like, what... It's called...
0: Uh, relationship margins. Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fancy. (laughs) You you bought off on it. So now it's a word. Yeah. It's it's now a new business term. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) So anyway, you know, and, and it got me thinking about, I'm like, okay, who do I actually want to have on the show? Uh, and I get a lot of a lot of requests. Most people, uh, you know do they do kind of the marketing side of things. Uh, mm. the only requests that I get for guests on the show on the financial side of things, they always are like financial planners, financial advisors, which it's fine, you know it's I, different. It's different. yeah, it's like,
0: personal finance versus business finance. and I yeah, I get that there's some crossover I do, but it's that, different.
1: There's not as much crossover as a lot of people claim, you know. And we hit on that a little bit in the previous episode where, you know, just because you can uh, balance your checkbook, for right. those of you who still uh, know what that means, yeah, uh, doesn't mean that, you know, you can actually do, you know, the accounting of your business. Uh, it's it's a very different process. One of the things that I love to... oh tangent zone here, you know. But one of the things that I love to do to illustrate the difference between personal finance and uh, business finance is to look at debt. And yeah. you know, when 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 I'm right. looking at debt in a business, it's a return on investment. If I can borrow money at 10% and I can make 20% off of it, that's a great business decision. But as a consumer, right. if I'm borrowing money at 10%, I'm just paying back money at 10%. And so it's, it's better to avoid trying to right. borrow that money uh, because it's not, there's not an ROI, you know, people are consumers, businesses are producers. And, and that's a, a big difference. And so, so yeah, there there are differences.
0: I don't remember where we were. We were I totally so. pulled us off. <laughs> Bring us back in, Ethan. All right. So we're, we're talking about operational uh, margins. Oh, and and operational efficiency. efficiency. Can yeah. can I add something? Yeah, you're just gonna tell me to shut. It. like you're gonna mute me here pretty soon. <laughs> like, all right, stop. You stole the mute button from uh, me a long time. Yeah, ago. yeah,
1: yeah. So you're good. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I want to point out something. If you want to know if you're efficient, a really good way, I mean, we're talking about the margins that are on just the P and L. So when I'm doing mm-hmm. a, a margin ratio, whether it's gross margin or profit margin or, you know, it, it's going to be on the P and L. If you can ever take a number from the P and compare it to a number from the balance sheet, those are excellent tools to start looking at efficiency, like sales to asset That's a great, you know, a great efficiency ratio. And so I love to cross over with the two financial statements because if you're only looking at ratios on the one financial statement, you're missing a lot of data.
0: Yeah, great great point. And and that's uh, understanding... Like you said, that the whole purpose of this one is to understand what it takes to convert something to cash, using something else to convert, you know, to get cash from it. So uh, assets are something that should be generating cash. So that, that ratio is a, is a fantastic one to see whether or not your assets are producing what you'd like. Now, like we've kind of said, <clears throat> every industry is a little bit different. So you got to make sure you, you have a relationship to how to compare it and have a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, put it kind of on a scale so that you're, you're more in a range to do that, you know, in in a classic example is if you get into agriculture type businesses and transportation type businesses, those margins tend to be lower. Restaurants tend to be lower, but yet you get into uh, like luxury goods um, and services, they tend to be higher. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you kind of have to look what you're going, you know, industry in and what's going on there, because otherwise you'll, you'll make a poor assumption and then you'll make a uh, a business decision that probably won't hurt your business but won't be the most effective for your business. So I'm
1: going to give another rule of thumb because, you know, so you, you gave two or three examples, but people who are outside of those and they're just like, well, where do I fit in? You know, I'm a clothing retailer or, you know, yes. oh, I, uh, I, I am a landscaper or, I you know, I'm a caterer, you know, like a uh, tax accountant. Like, where do I fit in? So <clears throat> as a rule of thumb, the closer your product is to a commodity – and so, you know, commodities mm-hmm. basically being that you don't get to set the price, the market gets to set the price, you know. Correct. So the, the closer your product is to a commodity, the tighter your margins are going to be. Uh, as, as you get away from that, and there are two ways to get away from that. You can get away from that by adding services into the mix or by right. having, as you mentioned, luxury products. And a lot of times people think luxury, you know, they automatically go to this idea of jewelry and watches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, man, you can have luxury electronics. You can have luxury clothing, luxury clothing. I mean, that's you can, right. you, you could have luxury food, that's uh, right. you know, you could have luxury uh, postal delivery service, you know, like if, if I'm going to pay for next day shipping, that's a luxury item. Correct. And, and so luxury just means that I'm paying a premium for kind of an enhanced experience. There's, there's something beyond the product itself that I'm paying for. Maybe it's a brand, maybe it's a convenience, you know, uh, there, there, there are a lot of things that factor into that. So anyway, as I'm a product, uh, as I'm a, a, um, a commodity product, I'm going to have lower margins as I move into luxury products or service, then I get to have higher margins
0: uh, as a rule of thumb. And you can also, you know, I ran into a unique, uh, business. I was doing some consulting for just recently. And, uh, the software that they were using was unique to what I had never seen before, but I still, because I know what I'm looking for, I'm still able to pull some numbers. But what I found fascinating is even for them, as I was looking at, I says, all right, well, let's, let look at a few things simple. I, so we looked at cost of good to sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, because a comment was made, uh, I make, you know, like we did in the first episode, I'm making money, but I don't know where it's going. <laughs> All right. All right. And their sales had been increasing. Okay. But when I looked at three years, and so a lot of times when I, when we talk about financials, if you're just starting out, you want a couple of years to kind of give some patterns and help you see some things. But as I looked at it, so we just took some simple looking at some margins and some ratios, their cost, so their sales were increasing, but so were their cost of goods. Their cost of goods were going from 61 to 61 uh, to 60, like seven or eight. And then into the seventies, you're talking percentages here as a percentage yeah, yeah. yeah of their sales. When I'm like going, yeah, of course it doesn't feel like you're making more money because your sales are going up, but your cost of goods are going up even faster. Mm-hmm. So you're getting less of a margin on that dollar that you're selling. And yet on the backside of that, you still have to cover your fixed costs, you know, so your overhead, you have less money to put towards overhead now. Mm-hmm. But, but by looking at a number of years and seeing that pattern, we could seem, I could point out a few things and say, all right, you've got to go figure out why this is doing this one and figure out whether that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't, I don't have the answer for it today. Not, you know, without pulling in-depth stuff into the industry, but I could certainly see it was trending in a way I didn't like. Yeah.
1: And <clears throat> honestly, in a situation like that, as you're talking like my mind is just screaming,
0: mm. break-even analysis,
1: break-even yeah. analysis. Yeah. You know, like that's that's where a break-even and, analysis and actually should come
0: in. I went and, and I, I says, look, here's a simple break-even analysis sheet that you can use. And, and I went through it and explained kind of why we do that one. Because my my experience really is is that I deal with smart people, mm. but they're smart in a different area. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they have a skill set in in some other occupation that they're amazing at. But they have they've taken zero to one business course in their entire life, and and so that's what they're doing. They're running it like their checkbook, and I'm like, yeah, I get you by, but it doesn't make you effective. Yeah, yeah. And so you got to keep that in mind that just because you're running a business doesn't, uh, you know, getting some additional schooling is important, or doing some homework, taking a seminar, taking a short trainings on on stuff like this is important because that that's what allows you to not thrive. Because we get it, we really do. We get it that. If, if business is not your background, okay, then you're not to think that you're going to do this from the beginning. You know, it's like, you know, a plumber, you know, I, I know enough about plumbing to be dangerous, but nothing to be effective. And Mm -hmm. so as I have conversations about it, uh, I rely on their resources quite a bit to do stuff. And and that's why, you know, I think when one episode we talk about a water heater, yeah, I can do it. It takes me all day long. (laughs) Okay. Where someone who's skilled in that can do it in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's so you shouldn't be knocking yourself if you don't know some of this one and you're going oh I don't even know what they're talking about that's our whole point of trying to do this one is to educate you a little bit that that there are financial dashboards and ratios out there in this dashboard that we can use to help you understand your business um, by crunching a few things. Uh, consistently, I'm not going to say what the frequency should be, but consistently so that you're seeing what's happening in your business and which way it's starting to trend. Mm -hmm. Okay. If we're starting to lose altitude, I'm going to see that sooner than later so that I'm not getting dipping down too low and pretty soon scraping the top of the trees.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to do a spoiler alert here because what I want to do is we're going to do a yeah we're kind of treating this as a series, you know. Yes. We, we we did uh, part 1, this is going to be part 2, and I think we're going to wrap it up with part 3. And when we get to part 3, I want to talk about how to fix some of these things or how to identify, you know, some of the some of the problem areas cuz we're talking about a lot of things in this one of what to be looking for. But okay, once you find that, then what do you do? So we'll 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 take that into uh, the third part of okay, this is, you know, these are some specific steps that you can take, some things to really, uh, you know, watch for. But I want to kind of wrap this particular uh, you know portion up with a question, and that is you keep going back to uh, cash. You're like, okay, we're trying to convert this to cash. Or, you know, you're talking about liquidity, and you're like, that's really a mm-hmm. cash flow thing. You know, solvency, you're like, it's debt, which brings in the cash. And, you know, I mean, everything, I, mean, I guess technically not your uh, profitability. Uh, that's not a direct cash uh, in finance, everything will connect, and so Correct. you know you can you could argue that it's like well everything's cash, but I want to take the stuff that's really hitting cash hard. But this is what I want to ask: why? Why does it matter? Everyone talks about you know the the saying is cash is king, but yet when I talk with businesses, they don't care about their cash; they care about their sales. They always care about their sales. So, what is the disconnect in the entrepreneur's mind? Why are they not understanding? <laughs> the importance of cash flow and looking at just driving those sales. And I hear this all the time. Man, our cash is low, so we really need to beef up our sales. <laughs>
0: like, so uh, no. <laughs> I have an answer. I think it's the one you're looking for. I'm not fishing here. I'm okay. honestly not okay.
1: fishing. I just <clears throat> think that this is something you can't emphasize so, enough.
0: So, well, and I think it comes down to this simple a uh, rule of thumb that is counterintuitive to what most people think they think is my sales increases, my cash increases. However, sales and cash have an inverse relationship. Yes. It's been truly established over time that, uh, the majority of the time sales and cash have a reverse relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you're driving sales and, and I'm going to give it to you just in a nutshell because we've talked about this before. But uh, to refresh your memory, as our cells increase, okay, we have to put more resources in to keep the cells increasing, mm-hmm. okay. And what are we using uh, to do that? Cash, right. So, if I my cells are increasing, I put cash into labor. If my cells are increasing, I put cash into additional equipment. So, so eventually, what happens is if your cells get so high. And that, uh, sales cycle that every business has is not coming around fast enough. The gap between your sales and your cash gets too big and you now cannot meet your day to day that you're going back to your short term, Mm -hmm. uh, liquidity type stuff. I don't have enough cash to meet my short term requirements, which is payroll, paying off my accounts payable, um, uh, maybe some short term debt payments, things like that. I, I don't have the cash to do that, so what do I do? I file bankruptcy. Yeah. So
1: I w I wanna just put a clarification out there. If you do have uh any uh financial gurus uh that that are gonna be they're gonna be like, wait a second, wait a second. He said something wrong. I'm like, no, it wasn't said incorrectly. It was stated in a way that it could go either direction. You know, you talked about buying equipment with, uh, you know, with cash, and they're like, well, you you could capitalize that, and so and I'm like, you you can. I can. Ple- <laughs> please don't get hung up. That's all I want to point out is for those of you who are like, well, wait, wait a second, I you know, I, I can just capitalize my equipment. I'm like, yeah, you can capitalize your equipment,
0: but but you can't, but you can't capitalize payroll. Correct, and you, and you can't. You know, I maybe could try to negotiate my account's payable terms, but essentially then pretty soon they cut me off anyways because it's getting out too far and they're not going to do business with me. And now I can't get the resources mm-hmm. I need and I'm still out of business. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I, you can try to fight the technicalities of it. That's cool. I get it. But, but And I, I just want to be clear. But if you're, if you're fighting me, then you're missing the whole point. <laughs>
1: thank you. That's what I was going for. It's like, this This is not a tit for tat where it's like, well, technically in my we don't know what your business is. You know, like with all of our listeners, it's impossible for us to know exactly what your financials are. So we're talking about the concept of cash here, which I want to take it one step further and go a little bit deep onto, uh, you know, you, you did mention that you need cash to cover these things, but why can't I use profits to cover these things? Why can't I just take my profitability and you know, I mean, like when when I when I do, well, let's look at this, and and I think well, this is part of the but problem. You can,
0: but see, go ahead,
1: finish your thought. Okay, I I think that a lot of times people get a little bit confused. For example, when you look at where payroll hits on the accounts, yeah. Okay, so if you look at the accounts, it goes sales, and then you're going to have some line items, and then you're going to have payroll, and then you're going to have profit. And so I think people get confused, and they think that somehow those sales are actually what is paying for the payroll because of the way that it is organized on a financial statement and And so that's you know i'm I'm asking a question and sort of answering my own question, and that's to say that don't be fooled by thinking that sales pays for anything. Sales does not pay for anything. What sales does is sales gets the process started that's That's where you know money starts to flow into the business, but then it's got to go through the business before you can pay
0: for anything. And depending on my accounting system, I can show a profit, but I have no money. Yes. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a fantastic question, but there, there are some things in there I'm still going to argue that don't, don't focus on sales. Yeah. And I would rather, I'd rather have a conversation about profit than I would sales mm-hmm. because but, it's a, it's a cleaner number. But even
1: with profit, keep in mind that your profit is not paying your payroll either. It's, Cash is paying your payroll. Right. You know, and so... That's why we care so much about this, yeah. you know. And so, well, let's go ahead. Uh, we'll put a, a brief pause on this episode for uh, part two, and uh, we're going to continue this conversation, getting into part three, where we start talking about some of the specifics here. You know, what to look for and how to fix it.
0: So, thanks again for joining us for this episode, and uh, we'll talk to you again shortly